Um, please turn your Bibles over to Ephesians. Uh, I'm going to be reading, so we're going to be actually tackling only verse 21, but I'm going to read the whole thing so that you, we will have a good context of everything. Okay? I rehearsed this earlier. It takes about three minutes for me to read the whole thing. <laughs> so please uh, read along with me so you won't be bored. Hopefully you do have your Bibles with you. I'm going to be reading verse from verse 15. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible version. Pay careful attention then, how, then to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be fo foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to, to the Lord, giving thanks every, for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Verse 22, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, uh, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their, <laughs> as their own bodies. He who loves his, his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. Chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first command with a, with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may have a long life in the land. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your masters, human masters, with fear and trembling, in the sincerity of your heart as you would Christ. Don't work only while being watched as people pleasers, but as slaves of Christ. Do God's will from your heart. Serve with a good attitude as to the Lord and not to people, knowing what, that whatever good each one does, slave or free, he will receive this back from the Lord. And masters, treat your slaves the same way without threatening them because you know that both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no favoritism with them. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you once again for this day that you've given to us. Another day that we were able to sing praises to you. Another time that we can publicly worship you with our prayers, with our presence. And now, Father, as, as we all submit our, our time to you, Father God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be the one to teach us. Open our hearts and our minds, Lord God. Let your Holy Spirit convict your people, Father. Give us humility and give us wisdom. Give us clarity, Father. As you speak through me, Father God, with the wisdom that you have, Lord, with the little mind that I have, I pray for your help, Lord God. May your message be delivered to your people in the way that you want it to be delivered. And may your people accept your message, Father God. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. Hear our prayers. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your patience. That's quite a bit of verses that we read, but we're not going to tackle all of them tonight because if you heard some of the men earlier saying amen when we said, 
wives submit to your husband. It's a grenade, really. There's a grenade being thrown here, and the husbands want me to jump on that grenade. <laughs> so we're going to be discussing the submission part first. I entitled our message, First Thing First. John, John, are we ready? with the? We have a video here for you to watch, and then we'll get to our message. Did you guys miss that? Okay, this guy is the champion of the world in this uh, obstacle course. He's calculating it, and then, there. Okay, we're good, we're good. It doesn't get any stupider than that, I think. <laughs> so the title of our message is First Thing First, right? Um, this, this idiom is, is used, um, where am I? This expression or idiom is used to say that one should do the things that are most important before doing the other things. And what we just read through the pen of Paul, God speaking to us through the pen of Paul, and he lays out the priority for us as believers on how we should live our lives, right? How we should live our lives, that we should be filled by the Holy Spirit and the results of the Holy Spirit. We discussed three points last week, and we're discussing the fourth result of it tonight. And it's quite important that I pause on this and park on this one before I go to the relationships that we're all part of because this is the key. This is the first step. Without this first step, even though we see the goal, we see the obstacles, we know where we need to land, but if we make our first move, our first step in the wrong way, we will take submission. The, the, the thing that we're tackling tonight is submission. We will take submission in a very wrong way. Amen? Amen. I think you trust me there. I think, I hope. First things first. So, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. So, the first step, right? People say the, what's his name? Lao Chu, the, the Chinese uh, guy with the Proverbs. He said uh, the, it takes one step to take in a long journey. Long journeys are always taken with one step, one step first, right? But it doesn't matter if you take one step if it leads you to the wrong direction, right? Every long journey starts with, the, with one step, but if it goes to a different direction, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're walking care, uh, carefully. If you're heading the wrong way, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're gonna, it's going to lead to your destruction. Before we get to the finish line, when, we, when we're in a journey, we see the finish line. We know what our goal is. And then we see the obstacles. And as we see the obstacles, we will feel the, the challenge within our hearts. Sometimes we don't want to take the journey anymore once we feel the winds of challenges, right? The changes that we're feeling. And then we will feel hesitation, we will be reluctant if we should continue with that journey. Once we feel frustration with ourselves, once we feel how difficult the journey that we have decided to take is, we say we get lazy or we say, never mind, I'll just stay here because this journey is too hard. Right? And any race and any, any journey becomes too long at times. It becomes boring. Right When you're hiking, for the people that, that love to hike, right? It's some hikes are, 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 are harder than the other ones because the trail is, is higher and more challenging. But once you get to the pinnacle, right, to the point of where you're supposed to get, and then you see the view, you say, wow, this is worth it. Time to take pictures, right? right? You say that, right? Or when, we, when I drove my family to Seattle, Many years ago, that's a 12-hour drive, you know? And I had this great idea. We will drive starting at 3 o'clock in the morning while everybody else was sleeping. On my GPS, when it said eight hours to go after driving four hours, I felt the frustration. And I said, I told myself, if I turn this car around, I will still save myself eight hours today. <laughs> right? Because 
long journeys at times take, right? I mean, when we say long journeys, it depends on how, what long is for you, I, I suppose. If, you're, if you grew up in the Philippines, long is being stuck in the traffic. For a, what's supposed to be a 20-minute drive becomes an, an hour, one hour because of traffic, right? But journeys become challenging, but they are worth it. But they all take for us to do our first step. But it doesn't matter. Again, I have to emphasize with this because the first step that we need to take before we go to the marriage and the employee part with all these earthly relationships that we belong to, the submission part is the challenging thing. Christianity is a journey and it's a challenging, challenging journey because of submission. Submission becomes about surrender. Surrender becomes about denying. Christianity is a lot about denying our old, selves, old self and it's all about us submitting to an authority, mainly to Jesus. And then God has placed authorities above us, and we don't like that. So, that's our introduction, but here's our point this evening. The what, the who, and the why. The what is submission, the who is to one another, and why is to be like Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me try this. I, I kept saying it. Hupataso is the word, the Greek word for submission. It means to, to subordinate, to obey, to be under obedience, to put ourselves under someone. Now this is also a Greek military term, meaning to arrange in a military fa fashion under the command of a leader. Right? It is a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. That's also another definition of the word hopataso, which is submission. So that is what Paul means here, is that we are to put ourselves under, to, we are to put ourselves under to one another, to each other, in the fear of Christ. Here's a, hopefully this, will, this illustration will, will help us. Jesus told us in John 15, 5 to 6, I am divine you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produce much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they burn. They are burned. I am the vine. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. We are to submit ourselves to Jesus. That is how... That is the, the one way, the only way, for us to be connected with our vine, which is Jesus. Imagine yourself saying that you are connecting yourself with Jesus, but then disobeying His commands. Is, is that even possible? When we say, I love Jesus... And then we live our sinful lives outside the church or after that profession or confession. Does that even go together? But most of the time, most of the time, our submission to Jesus, our submission to the Word of God only depends on the things we like. It all depends on what we like. I agree with this. This is the only thing I will do. I love Jesus, but there's no way I'm going to submit to my husband. I love Jesus, but there's no way that I'm going to love my wife, especially how, on, on, with her attitude. Right? Because wives submit to your, uh, to your husbands, and then husbands love your wives. I love Jesus, I love Jesus, but there's no way I'm going to submit to my boss. I mean, because he's doing, he's telling me to do it this way, and I think I know, I know that they're doing it the wrong way. I have a better way to do this, so I would not submit to them. Oh, by the way, I don't know how that's going to look because I invited them for church last Sunday. Right? There's, there's, there's these challenges that we, 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 
we face when it comes to submission. But us Christians, we have to understand that we have to put ourselves under the authority of Jesus Christ. Because once we put ourselves under the authority of Jesus Christ, the rest follows. If you, if the wives truly love Jesus and truly submit to Jesus, they, with the challenges that their husbands put upon them, they will submit to their husbands, not because of their husband, but because of their submission to Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. There is this story about Bong when he got married. <laughs> I know he was married last week. He's still married today. So Bong got married and he got into an argument with his wife. And then they did this thing, which, which is called, some of you probably are not familiar with this, the silent treatment. So they gave each other, <laughs> they gave each other the silent treatment. Right? They're not talking to each other. It went from one day to two days to five days. But then Bong had to leave for Vegas for a conference, right? And he wrote a letter to his wife saying, I'm leaving tomorrow at 6 o'clock. My flight's at 6. Please wake me up at 5 a.m. Leaves that letter to his wife. Bong partied with his friends again, comes home thinking, you know, my wife better submit to me because it's what Ephesians 5.21 says. Goes to bed, wakes up 9 o'clock in the morning. He is furious. And he goes, man, where is my wife? I'm about to lay it down on her. I'm going to give her the authority that God has given me. And he sees a letter for him by the desk. And then says there, it's 5 o'clock, time to wake up. <laughs> Loretta got it. <laughs> now, we, we come to a topic of vital importance in, in that it affects our relationships in the home, at church, and on the job, the topic of submission. Yet it is a topic that generates a lot of friction and heat because the biblical viewpoint is about is as about diamet diametrically opposed to that of the world. It's the opposite of the world. If you want to follow God and His Word on this subject, you must consciously throw off the worldly mindset and decisively submit to what God's Word plainly states. Our subject is submission. It's our first thing first. First, in a general statement and then applied specifically to marriage, the family, and the workplace. Ephesians 5.21 translated literally is submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. It is the last of the five participles that spell out the results of being filled with the Holy Spirit. The first three center, which we discussed last week, right? And then the fourth is always giving thanks for all things. And now it relates to our relationship, submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. It also serves as a topic phrase to introduce Paul's teaching on Christian marriage, which is what we're going to be taking for the next three Sundays. Uh, and then instruction to children and parents and directions to slave and masters, us employees and employers. So it's not submission is not a popular word, Right? Submission is what we call in, in, uh, in uh, mixed martial arts, oh, he submitted, he surrendered, right? Not a popular word. Word during Paul's time and now in our time, right? Wives will hear this and they have grew up in, in, in this world and, and they're going to say, no way. I'm not going to submit to my husband. I am my own woman, right? He's not smart. I'm smarter. So you're, we're going to tackle that next week. We're going to tackle how women are to submit to their husbands and what husbands actually need to do as well. But in reality, the first thing first is every Christian filled with the Holy Spirit, this will be the result of it. You will be submissive to Jesus Christ, and as you become submissive to Jesus Christ, you, if you're a husband, you will be a loving husband to your wife. And you, wife, you will be a submissive wife to your husband. 
And I get it. There's, there's a lot of tyrants there, a lot of lazy couch potato husbands that have taken this verse into a very abusive, you know, as a tyrant type. I don't care. They, you know, they, they act as if they're the boss, right? Get me some beer. Cook for me. Clean the car. Fill up with gas. Wife, submit to your husband. You heard pastor. We're going to tackle that. That's an error. If, if, the, husbands, if the husbands have think, are thinking it's the correct way, that's the error. And we're going to tackle that next week. Okay, so wives, please be here next week. <laughs> I'm already giving you a preview that we're not going to use this as to beat you up. But this is actually, we're going to clarify the error and the mistakes, and then we're going to really tackle it. So here, but be filled by the Spirit. So if we're filled by the Spirit, just a review, and which helps the submission part, subject tonight, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord. Right? So is your family in love with Jesus? Is your family, your husband and wife, are you praying for each other? Are you helping each other to become closer to God? Because once that happens, you will be both filled with the Holy Spirit, and then your discussion, your communication will be this way. See, if it's all about money, you will be frustrated, and you will argue because the stock market went down. And then your husband did not sell when you told him to sell. Your wife did not buy when you told her to buy. Right? And if it becomes about your children, and it's not about God, then your children start rebelling against you guys, and you will start blaming each other. Or because you're too harsh when you speak to the children. Because you're too lenient when you speak to the children. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, again, the, the, the title of our message tonight is First Things First. The first thing for every Christian is to be in love with Jesus Christ. And then you will be filled by the Spirit. And this will be the result of it. You will be speaking to one another in Psalms. What are Psalms? Christians, if you, you, for those of you who have not read the Psalms, most of them are, are, are prayers. Prayers written down. Prayers of David, songs, and they say it's songs, right? Songs, Christian songs. Most of our songs, they grab lyrics from that, from those verses. Which means you're praising God. As you speak to one another, you're praising God. It's constant. And the hymns, those are like intimate prayer. Grateful to God. Lord, is, God is faithful. Great is your faithfulness. Oh God, my Father. That's, your heart is overflowing with that. And you and your husband, you and your wife, and you and your children are, are, are professing this without you even knowing it. Because you're, you're just filled with the Spirit. Is, who's their security minister? Is security minister there? Okay. Um, next point. Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. This is the second point, to one another. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. That's in Philippians 2.3. Okay? Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Again, we're sticking to that. Now look at this. This is how you're supposed to... Okay, all eyes on me. All eyes on me. If you're not part of the security ministry, all eyes on me. <laughs> all eyes on me. Everybody's like, look here. This is why we're in the freeway. We really need to put a curtain when there's an accident because traffic starts because people want to see, oh, what happened? Oh. oh, my. Whose fault is it? Okay. Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Second point of our message tonight is to one another, right? Submission, submitting, and then to one another. This is how you are to study the Word of God. When you're reading your Word, you have to look for another verse that supports what you just read. To, to emphasize it, to get more clarity, to get more power, to get more understanding. In Philippians 2.3, Paul said there, or wrote there, to the church of, uh, in Philippi, 
Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. See, if you look at, again, the wives and the husbands, the children and parents, the slave and masters, all our earthly relationships, and then you, but this is the first thing first, right? To one another. We, we are filled with the Holy Spirit, and then the result is we're submitting to Christ, and it says there, to one another in the fear of Christ. We know, we know that God is watching us. We know that God knows our hearts. We know that in anything and everything that we do or not do, God knows. Even though our boss is not seeing our mistake, we know if our attitude is, I'm working here because God has placed me here. Even though my boss is not watching me right now, I shouldn't be on my Facebook. <laughs> it doesn't help when I'm messaging you too, right? But we are supposed to submit to one another. Now, if you put this in the church relationship, and then you look at Paul's words in, in Philippi, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. In the ministries that you are serving in, and you are not getting the recognition that you think you deserve, if you are doing it for your own selfish ambition, then you will be frustrated when the recognition that you think you deserve, you did not get. Correct? And then you will leave the church and you will say, I don't like how I've been treated there. I'm going to go to a church that will treat me better. Then where does Philippians 2-3 fall into place there? Because you just made it about yourself, didn't you? So if you were to not think of yourself highly than others, but think of others more, right? It says there, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Because humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking less of yourself. That makes sense? Thinking, thinking less, less about yourself. Thank you, Loretta. We're connecting tonight. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I said. So in the recording, please put your voice in there. <laughs> right? That's humility. If we are not to make it about ourselves... When, you, when we come to church here, if God, when you're choosing a church, choose a church where the, the Word of God is being taught. That's how, that's how you should choose a, choose a church. Look for the church that teaches the truth based on the Bible, not because the people there are cute. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of Christian boys, single. <laughs> right? No, we are to go to the church where God, God's word is being taught. And then once you become a part of that church, don't look for how the church will serve you, but look for ways on how you can serve others. That's the paraphrase of Philippians 2.3. In John 13, 14 to 16, So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do, that you also should do just as I have done for you. Truly, I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. We, in this church, we say to become like Christ, right? And if you read the word, that's what Paul teaches us. That's what God teaches us. To be... Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And there, Jesus reminds us and told us that he washed the disciples' feet. He took on the lowest form of a servant. Remember? I know, we've discussed this before. The washing of feet is for the lowest of the servants. Jesus took that upon himself to wash the disciples' feet. But us Christians... And because of the culture and the society that have told us and made us think that we are important, which is, you know, there's, there's a certain part there where you need to see your value. But, when, but if you look at your value based on the world, it will fail. 
because the world's standards continue to move. It's a moving target. But for you to see your value, if you want to hold on to something on how you're valued, you look at Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ said you're so important to Him. He loves you so much that He came down, became the sin offering for you, and died on the cross for you before you were even anything to Him. While we were His enemies, He did that for us. So if you don't think you're valued, you're loved, you're not looking at Jesus Christ. Right? We have to look at God. God values us. So with that said, and then going back to this one, we have to understand that when we were saved, once you're saved, we are now to give our lives for one another, to one another. But how can you do that? If you look at wives, submit to your husbands, as to the Lord. It's not easy, but if you're going to look at Christ, again, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're submitting to Jesus Christ first, then you will find it easy to submit to your husband. But before the husbands again get any ideas here, if they are making you sin, wives, if your husbands are making you sin, you are not to submit to your husbands. Because you are to submit to Christ first. Which brings, remember one of our, our, our messages here, our topics was to not yoke with unbelievers. So Christians, when you hook up with an unbeliever, and then you say, you say, wives, submit to your husbands. So the wife is a Christian, the husband is not. The husband says, don't go to church. You're wasting your time. It's Sunday, 5.15, football's on. Watch with me. Didn't your Bible say, wives, submit to your husband? Sit here. And then you'll call me, pastor, I'm sorry I missed church because my husband said, watch football. <laughs> Didn't you say, wives, submit to your husband? And the same with the husband who married an unbeliever. Pastor, you know, I'd love to serve you or serve the Lord and serve in the church. But my wife, you know, she's a jealous type, man, you know. She's jealous. And then she kind of quoted the husbands love your, love your wives. But, and then I say, but brother, your, your wife isn't a Christian. I know. I'm still praying for that. <laughs> we, you know, we... We have, first things first, right? We have to take our first step the right way in the right direction. Is there, is there many ways? Are there, are there relationships that have been restored and, and unbelieving Christians, husbands and wives, eventually become Christians? Yes, they're in there. But if you want to live the life that God has designed for you, because marriage in itself is already difficult much more you marry someone who doesn't have the same faith as you. You cannot submit to your husband who is an unbeliever and is telling you to stop coming to church. Right? Because everything, everything's going to be argued. Why are you giving your tights? That's stupid. Why are you going there every Sunday? That's stupid. Going on a Wednesday, you were just there Sunday. What's this vision school? Why are you going to are you going to a Muslim nation? Are you crazy? Don't you know that what they do to Christians there? Why don't you share in sparks? Or <laughs> go to Morocco? Right? There's, and then you're gonna submit to that husband who has no faith, who doesn't love Jesus, who doesn't read the Bible. And then you submit to one another. See, but us Christians. We submit to one another as we submit to Christ. So husbands, you are to love your wives. We are to love our wives because we submit to Christ and Christ tells us to love our wives. I read this. I think Charles Spurgeon said it. He said, a, a husband who does not love his wife cannot call himself a Christian. Christians, Christian men who are married, if you don't love your wife, you're probably not a Christian. For those of you who are not married yet, <laughs> pray hard. <laughs> I 
I don't know about the staying single, but yeah, I mean, you can. <laughs> no, but if you're not married, as we tackle the next two weeks, it's good that you stay because you will, you will learn how to be the wife that you need to be as God intends you to be. You will learn how to be the husband that God intends you to be. And then all of us are, are, are children of someone, and most of us have become parents, right? So and some, most of us are employees. Some of us are employers, supervisors. So it's good that we continue to do this study with them. But here, again, if Jesus took on the lowest form of a servant, what makes us think that we're too good to pull up chairs and put down tables, to throw trash at church, right? To help out giving programs, to pick up the trash, to vacuum the floor. It makes us think, like, oh, no, I'm not, that's not me, man. You know how much I get paid a year? You're going to make me, what, pick up trash at church? <laughs> Let somebody else do it. That kid, he doesn't work. I already gave my tights, man. Come on. Let somebody else pick up. Right? No, it's, we, have to, we have to understand. We have to think less of ourselves. Because if Christ took on washing the feet, the dirtiest feet, Right? That's why Peter's like, no, no, no. So God reminds us, truly I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master. So always keep your eyes on Jesus. This is, this is why we say, keep your eyes on Jesus. If you're losing your heart to serve God because your eyes are off of Jesus, if, you, if you're finding it hard to submit to the authorities that are placed under you, your eyes are off Jesus. If you're finding it hard to love your spouse, your eyes are off Jesus. If you're finding it hard to love your parents, to obey your parents, your eyes are off Jesus. To submit to your boss at work, to be a good child, to be a good parent. It, it's because God told us, be serving one another, right? Our last point, to be like Christ. I have nine minutes, and after this nine minutes, it'll be 45 minutes. <laughs> so we should be okay. We're still on track. Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Again, verse 21, right? So now you can add to your John 3.16, to your Ephesians 2.8.9. You have Ephesians 5.21. What is it? Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Now in 2 Corinthians 4.5, we are not proclaiming ourselves but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus Christ. Now, fear, the one, the one thing I want to tackle there now is fear. I want to tackle this, this Greek word fear is, is uh, pronounced phobos. Phobos. Uh, it's reverence. The meaning is reverence for one's husband. Remember, the church is the bride of Christ. Amen? Amen? Okay, I hope I still have everybody's attention. I know when I say I'm almost closing, everybody goes to their, like, oh, closing now? <laughs> what are we going to eat? No. It, we are to, to, we are the bride of Christ, church. Amen? Amen? The one thing is, if we are the bride of Christ, the Lord looks at us with full, He adores us. He adores the church. So imagine, imagine this, right? You were invited for a wedding. And then you see the bride walking in with fully adorned, right? I mean, Denise was this last, last month, you know? And then imagine you making a comment to the husband. And you say, that's your wife? That's the one you're going to marry? And the husband goes, yeah. And you go, you could have done better, bro. <laughs> How are you supposed, how do you think the husband is going to feel about you at that moment? I'll tell you, if you did that to me, no, I won't. <laughs> no, it would have been a disaster, right? We never say that. We know those are unspoken words. Those are not in the invitations. Oh, you are invited. Please don't say anything bad about the bride. No, but you know what we do? We say bad things about the church. We Christians, we say many bad things about the church. And how does Jesus Christ think about you 
when you say those things? What do you think you make him feel when you say, they sing off-tune at that church? <laughs> Their music team? <laughs> the preaching needs a little bit more polishing. Right? Their building? Their bathroom? You know, I don't need church. I just need Jesus in my car. Because on my way to work, I'm listening to messages. I have my Bible. I read in my room. I pray seven days a week. I don't need church because church, they're full of hypocrites. Right? And remember, the church is the bride of Christ. But you say you love Jesus. But you say bad things about his bride. So, Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. You see, the church is also one part of our earthly relationships. Correct? And there are many things, many things that we as a church family need to work on. We are here to help each other. We are here to help each other learn more about Christ through the reading, through the prayer, and through interacting with one another. We are not perfect. We admit that. We pray that we are, but we're not. But we are beautiful in Christ's eyes. Amen? That's why when we see each other, even though we don't like each other, we are to submit to Christ. We are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as we get filled with the Holy Spirit, we are to submit to one another in the fear of Christ. Reverent fear for our husband. Reverent fear for our husband, because our husband is Jesus Christ. And if you read wives, if you think we are the wives, right? Wives, church, submit to your husband, Jesus Christ. Right? That's how you're going to read verse 521. Church, we are to submit to our husband, Jesus Christ. So are we submitting to Jesus Christ? How is your submission to Him? How? It's, it's October 17, right? Time is running. Christmas is almost here. I think. Because some people are saying we might not have Christmas. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to get political. I want to, but... John 13, 14 to 16. So if, you, Lord, if I, your Lord, the teacher, have washed your feet. Again, going back to this one. You think about submitting to one another in fear, and they're not thinking about themselves. They're in full humility. Your heart is completely humble. You will find the washing of feet serving in the lowest of the low a great privilege. You know, I've, I've said it, I've said it, and I've counseled, I've been counseled. We all feel it. The challenges of the ministries when we're serving, it gets frustrating, right? For the people that sit on the bench, you don't know it. You love to watch, you love to make comments. But until you get in the game, you don't know the pressure because there's pressure in serving God, amen? No, I'm not talking about the pressure that you feel, when you get tired, when you get irritated, I'm not talking about that. The bad thing when we're serving is when we feel that the ministry that we're serving in is a burden. And then we're, we're quick to say, oh man, you know, I need to, I need to quit because it's becoming a burden to me. That's fine. There is a moment where you have to let go of your ministry, but you have to look, okay, Am I submitting to my husband, Jesus Christ, here? What is God revealing to me right now? In this challenge that I'm facing, what is God revealing to me? Most of the time, we don't like being corrected. We don't like being corrected. We leave the church because Pastor Joe said something offensive. He said being gay is wrong. I'm done with that church. Pastor Joe kept talking about money to give to God. I'm done with that church. Pastor Joe said to always go to church and go to prayer with God. But how does he know my heart? I love God. 
I just don't go to church all the time. Why would he be so legalistic? Why would he be so legalistic? He told me to not love my ex-wife so much. He told me to just focus on, on God first and not, not on my ex, not on, on saving my relationship. He told me to fall in love with the Lord. But I thought, I thought if I come back to church, in 90 days I will have my wife back. Like the 90 days fiancé. Because I was watching YouTube and then the, the speaker said there, if you love God, in 90 days, He will bring back your wife. He will bring back your, your husband. He will restore your relationships. But then I hear Pastor Joe, and you know, when I counsel you, and I know that one of your, just to save you the time, right? If you, if you come to me and you're, and you're coming to me with a problem with your relationship, the first thing that I'm, I'll be listening to you, but I'm praying. But most of the time, we've made that relationship our idol. And that's where I'm trying to decipher that with you. We're going to go back and forth until we decide, okay, I think you've made him or you've made her an idol. We need to now bring you back to Jesus. Time to leave the church, right? <laughs> but... Here's the next video, uh, John John. This is on our third point to be like Christ. This is a picture of Tesla. I forgot his first name. Nikolai Tesla. You see that? Nikola Tesla. Those are all the things that's been created because of electricity. And this great, this artist is so clever that he made it look like him, a picture of him. But as the cameras moved in, it's all the appliances and things that were created because of electricity. Right? Isn't that amazing? You see that? Yeah, I thought, I thought it was pretty clever. Either, either it's pretty clever or I spent too much time on Instagram. But... But that's, here's the verse, not that, Ephesians 5, 1 to 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. First things first, folks, if we are to live for Christ and to be his disciple, right, he made it very, very clear to us, that there's going to be a lot of denying ourselves. There's going to be a lot of, 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 of submission to Him. A lot of submission to, to Jesus, to His authority in our lives. Before we can truly submit ourselves to other people. That's, verse five, that's chapter 5, verse 21. Submit to one another in the fear of Christ. See, it all starts with our relationship with Him before everything else down here can work. And we are to reflect. When people see us, they need to see Jesus in us. We are the children of God. Just like those appliances and the, as the artist put them together, he made it look like Tesla, the, right? It, it, it's, it has to be the same. Our church needs to reflect God's glory. Amen? Your lives need to reflect God's glory. Our marriages need to reflect God's glory. Our families need to reflect God's glory. When we're at work, we need to reflect God's glory. Amen? The last one is Luke 9.23. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. And follow me. Christians, we are saved by grace. Amen? God's grace and His mercy is new every morning. It will never go away. It will never run out. Amen? His grace is, is greater than our any sin that we can commit. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that amazing? His mercy never runs out. He never gets tired of us. Our loved ones will get tired of us. We will get tired of our loved ones. Pa ulit, ulit na lang. Pa ulit, ulit na lang. Mm. 
Diba? And, and then you're just frustrated and you're done. But with God, He says, it is finished. When He said that on the cross, it is finished. He meant it. There was no adding to God's mercy. There's no adding to God's grace. But it's not an excuse that we continue to live our lives to ourselves. We are to submit to God and then submit to one another in the fear of Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your message for us tonight. Father, we know that we've broken your heart many times. But we also know, Lord God, that your grace and your mercy is new every morning for us. Father, you are great. Your love is wonderful. We don't deserve you, Father God, but, and we're not worthy of you, but you made us worthy through your Son. You loved us despite our imperfections, and you continue to love us despite our failures. Father, we come to you, Father, with broken hearts. Please comfort us. We come to you, Lord God, with our weaknesses. Please strengthen us. We come to you, Lord God, with broken relationships. Please mend them. Father, we bring our loved ones to you who are still lost, Father. Please save them. We bring our sick loved ones to you, Lord God. Please heal them. Father, I pray for your church here at FICF. Please bless them. Please bless them with your love, Lord God. Please give them a heart that continues to search for you. Please give them those, those eyes to continue to look for you. Please continue to give them the, the minds, Lord God, to continue to think of you. And Lord, continue to give us lives that gives glory to you. Father, we love you. Forgive us for the times that we've failed you. We ask all these things in your son's sweet and mighty name. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. 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 Let's all rise for...